Round 20, SC Report podcast coming your way. JT, joined by Lakey. How are you, buddy? Mate, I'm very good. But more importantly, how are you going after the weekend? <laughs> yeah, look, it was a comfortable victory in the end, really. I thought the better side uh, better side did win. Uh, one for the good guys is the, yes, the way that I've had it framed. I saw the tweet and I was going to ask you, at what point during the game or shortly thereafter, did you just decide you wanted to fight the entire Twitterverse? Because I don't know if you saw it uh, through non-cowboy eyes, but uh, there was plenty of people on Twitter that uh, weren't so happy as you. In the words of Buzz Rothfield, blocked. I don't care. Whatever. Let them, let them stew on it. You know what? This is the best thing that could have happened for the Tigers. Like, they didn't need to win that game because they're nowhere, right? But this galvanizes both the fan base, the club, and everyone else around them in the NRL. Now, all of a sudden, you know, they're the victims. They can play victimhood and distract from the basket case of a club that they're currently running. And everyone's suddenly behind them. The fans suddenly have that uh, all-against-us mentality. There's, you know, they're just distracted from just how awful it's about to be with Benji Marshall at the helm in a couple of years. I think it's the best thing that could have happened to the Tigers. Why not? Because no. if you think about it, you know, they just go down to us in another, you know, 13 plus affair. No, it'll be a bit boring. No, it's got to be the bunker against them. It's got to be the refs. It's got to be the cows, conspiracy, all of that stuff. It's finally given them something to talk about that's not how shit are the West's Tigers. Don't you agree? Yeah, it was say, if nothing else, it was a far more exciting game than I was expecting going into it. I only... Uh, caught the end of it, the last, you know, five or ten minutes because I thought it was going to be a blowout. And then when I checked the score, I went, oh, shit, this is, there's something in this. But, um, mm. yeah, it was a it was a strange old finish. The amount of things that were either missed or overlooked in that last five to ten minutes is I've never seen on a football field before. Plenty of West Tigers forward passes. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's what I was referring to, yes. <laughs> but you know what the funniest part is? All the people that carry on about, you know, conspiracy or betting related or the game is rigged and all that. But realistically, they had about three or four chances to gift us tries and things before that, like, yep. or take them off the Tigers. Like, the fact that, you know, people sit back and think they waited until the 80th minute or was it the 80th minute and two seconds, whatever the conspiracy is. To, uh, to to rot the old Tigers rather than just give us a couple of dodgy bunker calls before that. But anyway, I watched it in Far North Queensland. I was surrounded by like-minded people, and we all agreed it was a great call. Uh, yeah. We move on. <laughs> we ignore the fact it was one of the worst games I've seen us play in quite some time. Uh, I was watching it without sound, actually, so they had subtitles for some reason that we couldn't get off. And I'm watching the slow trickle of text come through as they're reviewing that decision. And I just hear in the great words of Ashley Klein, he's been run off the line. So thank you very much. Mr. Clive. But anyway, it's a yeah, it's been a whirlwind couple of days. It still might take the points off us. So yeah, so my favourite part of the whole situation is the NRL have cleared it and said that everything's up and up, no problems there, and then they've gone and dropped Ashley Klein for this weekend. So no, they said they got the decision wrong. To be <laughs> fair to them, they got the uh, escort penalty wrong. But anyway, we've had dud penalties before. It's cost us a few games. But anyway, feel bad for the Tigers, but in a way, I actually reckon the loss did you better in the long run. Gives you something to play for, right? Gives you that back of the mind uh, mentality. You should go through to next year and try and climb up to the lofty heights of ninth again. So good luck to you, yes. Tigers. Uh, Lakey, before we get into the round 20 gear and we'll have a look back at round 19, captain's vices, some ins and outs. Your news, uh, what else have we got? Some sit and starts. Uh, I want to run by you a couple of options I'm toying with this week. We'll also have a look at some trade in and trade. Well, it's more so trade in targets now at this uh, pointy end of the season. So a lot of our side is pretty much set, you would like to think. So it's really just trying to, uh, I don't know, put some polish and some icing on that team at cake as you get into the, the business end of the year. And then Captain's Vices, I think I mentioned that, but so uh, the usual gear. Before we get into that, though, done a top 10 list. You know, I think it was, was it David Letterman back in the day used to do this yep. top 10. Uh, so I've done top 10 things you will never hear on the SC Report podcast. Number 10, I feel like the Knights and Cowboys are getting too much airtime from us. So let's turn our attention to the Broncos. Yeah, never. that's never going to happen. <laughs> Number nine, Michael Morgan was overrated. Oof. And in fairness, you'd hear that from one half. You do hear North. that on occasion mm. from, yes, from Wenon and Co. Certainly would. Uh, number eight, had a really good stake from Wenon the other day when he finally paid up. <laughs> when do you reckon? When do you Jesus. reckon? 
<laughs> We've got more chance of him going in the moon. Uh, number seven, I have far too many trades left. Yeah. Yep, never running into that one. Number six, I'm glad I stuck with my gut on that trade. Uh, how many times do we <laughs> offer the Mate. advice on this Tuesday pod? And you know, come the, the only times I do stick with my gut, it goes to shit. So, you know, say it's... <laughs> Do as we say, not as we do. Number five, that was another tremendous joke by JT. Thank you very much, Baza. I do not hear that enough on this podcast, if at all. So I would like uh, I'd like to turn it around. I've got a good one for you later today, later tonight, Lakey. And number four, this is definitely my last year doing this. No. To be fair, haven't said that on the pod yet, but have you ever thought about it? No, no. I just say I get to the point where I get frustrated and I look forward to the end of the year or NFL season, but um, before too long, I'm champion at the bit to get back into it. So once an addict, so, always an addict. Gluttons for punishment. Number three. So I was crunching some stats the other day. Oh. Never. Absolutely no. not. No, Wolf hasn't been around on this podcast for a couple of years now, so that's gone by Certainly. the way. Has not. Uh, number two, I'm keeping a close eye on what the others around me in the top 100 are doing. <laughs> I do keep an eye on what the top 100 is doing, but it's not around me. No, not at all. And finally, number one. <laughs> Went and gave me some great advice the other day. <laughs> oh, uh, he's copped a bit in that one. I uh, enjoyed he that. I literally wrote that two minutes coming into the pod. <laughs> Number one, when and, and his, uh, his advice, you know, he gives it out when he's uh, in, in sort of the pointy end. And if we turn our attention to around the grounds, at least in our Young Legends League, you might have heard of us talk about it, but it's got a few of the SC Talk guys, some of the Daily Telly writers, some of the uh, older heads in the game. And I'm having a look at the uh, filtered it by total points. Benny G, one of our boys, had him on earlier in the year. His season has gone a little southward since we had him. He was about 150th, I think. When you and I spoke to him, he's now back into 700th. So, But he's leading the charge, uh, closely followed by Wilf. Uh, unusual to see Wilfred so high. He'll be uh, riding that wave. He's not far off the uh, the top 1K. So rooting for, for Big Wilf, he's due a bit of luck. Uh, if we scale down, Wenon, this is the guy I've got my eye on, Lakey, because he's currently 2.5K, so he's sitting all right, and I'm about 200 points behind him in about 4.5K. Uh so that's my goal for the end of the year. We talk about what we're going to do. I just want to beat Wenon. Uh, shout out to you, buddy. Um, how are you tracking? I'm sitting just outside 11,000, I think. So, I mean, I scored close to 1,200 this week and still dropped a couple hundred spots. So it's very tight at this time of year. So, you know, the pods that I've come in have not, you know, they've not crashed and burned, but they've not exactly gone um, gangbusters either. So I'm sort of just sitting level at the moment. Well, you've got me about 400 ahead of you, but if you want to take, you know, a stab at someone else in the in the uh, Young Legends League, Surge, Joe, he's 200 points ahead of you. So there Done. you go. I think we've got, <laughs> got to line up some targets on the long road ahead. There's, what, six weeks to go. So our head-to-head right. final start next week, I believe, depending on how your league's been set yeah. up, I think. Yeah, so that's it. The leagues were customizable this year. So check your settings. Check when your uh, league finals actually start. You might have two weeks to go. You might have just the one. Maybe it starts this week. Um, mm. but yeah, make sure you check on those before you start making any of your head-to-head moves. And I've looked down to the very bottom of the uh, former SC Talk guys, and it's Nick rounding out the tail in 26,000th. But it looks like he's still playing. He's got a 1,300 last week. So unless it's a dead team, which to be fair, I saw a couple do quite all right last week given some of the carnage that was going on. But there you go, Kirkup rounding out young legends group there. Um, All right, maybe turn our attention back to the round 19 that was. I mean, we spoke a little bit about uh, the Mighty Cowboys getting the dub, but... Oh, did you see that? For Supercoach, what caught your eye in round 19, Daniel Lake? Um... Uh, I my knights, I guess you could say they <laughs> caught my eye, but for all the wrong reasons, we're well and truly done for the year. Um, it looks mm-hmm. like, and you mentioned this off air, but um, they have gone back three or four years where they're becoming the whipping boys of the competition for the run home. So they, you've got your captaincies to target against the knights coming home. But we did mention this. We had a little bit of a chat and said this is you know good a good play each week, but looking at the sides that they play, there's not a lot of super coach options 
within them that you'd seriously consider. Um, mm. You know, dogs, tigers, broncos, raiders, titans, sharks. They're not highly owned super coach prospects throughout those teams. You know, primarily, I guess, Nico Hines at the Sharks in round 25, whether they rest their players for that one anyway. It's, it seems a bit of a wasted opportunity. That's actually a good call. I didn't even think about that, uh, that horrible round 25 that we can sometimes land on. But if a side like the Sharks has nothing really to play for, then, I mean, Knights are on Mad Monday pretty much right now. So, mm-hmm. geez, that could be <laughs> disastrous if you've got a few Sharkies up your sleeve. Um, Titans, I guess you day for Fita. Yeah, about the only option there. Raiders, Joe Tarpanay, not really a you know high ceiling kind of player. Bronx, Ezra Mann, that's one guy I'd, I'd be keeping around just for that match up there. That seems very juicy. Tigers, Ooh, Dewey, is know. anyone taking yeah. a stab on Adam Dewey? Um, but yeah, seriously, there'd be no one really in that. Sort no, of- and the dogs this week. Big one and a big trading target that I've got and a lot of others by the looks, and that's a uh, big bad Matty Burton. Although, before we jump into your teamless news, is a bit of conjecture about his knee health. Yeah, a little bit. Um, say, if you didn't catch the game, Declan Casey uh, fell across Matty Burton at one stage and landed on his knee. He got up. It took a while to get up, and then when he got up, he was limping. Um, but Mick Potter said after the game, he thinks he's okay. He should be good to go. But it's just something to keep an eye on as we head forward. Watch out for Styles' mail throughout the weekend. He'll have the final news on on that injury, if it is. Hmm. A couple of other things that caught my A couple of flops, really. The Storm, obviously still struggling. What's that, three in a Four row? row. Now? Four, Jesus. So they're going yep. up against the Warriors, surely... Yeah, that's the end of the line. They're back to normal proceedings, you'd think. But it is over the ditch. It's overseas, yes. And the Warriors have plenty to play for. Um, It'd be an interesting one. For a long time, the Warriors were the the bogey side for Melbourne. Mm. They just couldn't get over that hump. But, um, yeah, so it will be interesting to see how the Storm react to this week's spray. Really, the only one that can hold themselves account well, head high, is Cam Munster. I thought he was okay last week. Yep. He had a try assist taken off him in score updates, some blow up about it as there always is in the Supercoach community. But I traded out Jerome Hughes last week and I wasn't uh, disappointed at all. He banged out another 50. But Storm are going nowhere at the moment, but this needs to be the week if, uh, if it ever is. The other one was the Manly side. So they were pretty darn ordinary against the Dragons of all teams. And then you got DC, who was a big target last week, flopping. I think he had a 30. Ruben Garrick, thank God for that because I don't own him, hit sub 50. So yeah. a bit of an off night for them. And then it doesn't get any easier this week for the old Manly side. We'll get into that a bit later on. But I thought that was a, uh, yeah, a couple of as non-owners or oh, a non-owner of a couple of those Storm and, and Manly guys. I was quite happy to see that. And then the other one for me was Latrell, my trade-in last week, going quite well again. So he didn't score mm-hmm. a try but still hit 90. Uh, you, did you 99. Yeah, I there grabbed Latrell. I decided um, I was going to grab Latrell over Teddy, which sort of, you know, it didn't wasn't a win based on this one round, but I'm still happy. The way Latrell went about it, um, Teddy scored a try and – you know, got a lot of attacking stats that he hasn't been getting this year, whereas Latrell didn't have that. He has the goal kicking, which boosts his average a little bit, but he just, his game at the moment, um, I'd rather be on Latrell than Teddy. Let's just put it that way for the run home. Uh, quick trivia question for you, mate. Who do you reckon got the highest score for a hooker last week? Round 19. Ooh, oh, no, it's Jeremy Marshall King. How bizarre is that, hey? Yeah, he's been <laughs> quietly pl- um, putting up a good season. He's been very good. And let's say Reed Marnie has not. So I think the Dogs, if they had their time again, they might second-guess that. Here's the fourth-highest-priced hooker in the game, and Harry Grant below him. That's <laughs> an incredible sign that uh, things aren't you know the way they used to be in Supercoach. And you can't rely on your, your hooker to just be out and out above the rest of the pack like the old days of Cam Smith, Damien Cook, and briefly Harry Grant. It's a strange old world. Damien Cook's still fronting that uh, top position, but had a quiet-ish week last week. But again, Harry Grant's not doing much. It's a uh, very interesting watch as a owner. Uh, and then the last one I had here was Day for Feeder, 69, Lel. Uh, not too disappointed not owning him. Uh, you do, and he got a try and only got 69. So I think Day for Feeder just doing classic for Feeder stuff. 
Yeah, it was a bit of a weird game. They put up 26 points, which uh, was their second highest score of the season. They had 28 in round one and haven't gone close to it since. So, I don't know. They got some attacking stats going, but Fafida doesn't look like he was too involved. I'm not sure mm. what to make of that. Didn't catch much of that game, but all I saw was Fafida crawling along into snail's pace early in the game, burst to life with a couple of runs and a try, and then that was pretty much it. His yeah. day was done. So, I don't know. I think uh, he's that enigma of a player. If you get him on the right week, could be great stuff in a head-to-head final. But uh, really hoping to come up against him anytime soon. Uh, all right, anything else from Round 19 before we move on to this week? No, no. So I think we've covered it. Matty Burton um, was extremely impressive. We spoke about him a little bit last week and provided that knee's okay. He's looking like, you know, a top one, two, possibly pushing at three option in 5-8 position for the run home. Oh, here's a classic one, actually. I forgot. I think it came down to Drinky and Val Holmes last week when we you were did. maybe talking about that, and I went uh, Drinky, who got hooked. Well, the coach he got hooked. said he, was, he had a uh, cork, so he got taken off for the last 15 minutes. wasn't his 17th error of the day contributing to that, but he went sideways and Val Holmes went upwards. 119 points. Jeez, a try, 7,000 goals, including the match winner. How good, you are. And yeah, suddenly looking like he's streaking ahead. But I, th- I don't know, I still reckon Drinky will bounce back. So any Drinky owners out there would be holding firm because we do have a couple of good matchups still in the bag. So I don't know, Val, great time for him. Maybe get both. Can't have enough cowboy men in your side, can ya? All right, Lakey, throw on to you for Round 20 Teamless Tuesday News. Didn't have any exciting sound bite, mate, so I'll just throw to you with the smooth guitar. All yours. Uh, it's it's fine. It's not one I want to get into this week. It's a sad week for football. Um, <laughs> the the man, Jesus. the best, the, <laughs> my love, he's uh, <laughs> copped his third uh, HIA of the last couple of weeks, his fifth for the season, and he's... Um, been put in cotton wool for the end of the year. So Kalen Ponga is out. I don't know uh, if it's even worth playing on at this point. Going um, on. Yeah, well. I'm, just, I'm, I'm a bit lost. I don't know what to do with myself. But, you know, we'll, we we bounce back. We, we struggle through and we have to dedicate the rest of the year to you, my love. You know what? I would love Lachlan Coote to make a return from the Super League and join the Knights, taking over from... Pong, just <laughs> completing the life cycle. That we was don't Kalen need Ponga. him. We've got Taxi Hoy, the future you Hulk KR, uh, Man of Steel. So he'll take out that gong next year. He'll fight it out with Matt Dufty because that's the way the Australian footballers go over there. Um, you know what? In- I didn't even play James Blunt when Morgo like, actually retired. So there you go. I should have done a whole podcast to him. But nonetheless, oh, I'm man, sad I'm you probably because I actually own him. I own him in a draft league, and I lost to a guy that hasn't changed his side in oh, four months last it week. Was, it was a brutal uh, – I know he was very popular last week as a pod option. I sort of shouted him was out, it? and I got laughed down. Hey, man, um, Alex, our, you know, he features on the pod once or twice. He put in the chat that even though he um, had Teddy as a buy in his buy-sell-hold article last week, he went the pod route, grabbed Ponga, and it's really – Kicked him in the balls that one. How's his uh, How's his ranking? Because I know he was quite close to the. Was he top two hundred? Yeah, yeah, he was top two hundred. He was he was trying to get into the top one hundred. Even um, he was aiming for that, which is why he went the pod route. But uh, safe to say, he's dropped a few spots this week. I blame you for that one, mate. But there's actually one guy trading him in this week for AJ Brimson. So there you go. Someone out there still loves someone for those loop opportunities. Um, In other team news, it was a pretty quiet. TLT, really, there wasn't um, huge movement throughout the league, a lot of 1-17s or minor bench changes. The big ones are Joey Manu is back for the Chooks this week uh, for the time being. He's got that quad issue. Um, I believe it's okay and he should play. But you're an owner of both men now, aren't you? I am. Yes. yes. Are you enough. concerned how him and so when I say both men, we obviously mean James Tedesco, but are you concerned about how they're going to pinch points off each other? Maybe they don't reach the highs that they have been. 
Uh, I don't know, not really, because I think Manu looks to be a different player this year in terms of his general involvement. And probably given the disruptions in the halves, you think like Kiri's played how many games in in the year? Sam Walker, I mean, he's, he's managed to stay on the park recently, but there's a lot of points on offer there, I think, if they get it uh, clicking. The main concern for me, rather than, because I think Manu's just going to keep doing what he's been doing, injury pending, hopefully that quad uh, concern goes away. I think the main concern for me is Teddy obviously huge week last week but whether that's the confidence boost he needs or whether it was the you know Manu's out I'm gonna go to town here I'd like to think it's the former and that Teddy's back to normal but I don't know I think where there's points is points we saw it last year with Teddy with uh, Turbo and DCE even Garrick when the side's on not to say that the Roosters are going to get to that level but uh, when they can dismantle the side like they did last week there's going to be multiple tons in their side. So, no, yeah, not concerned. Absolutely. And as I say, they've done it the last two weeks against the Dragons and Knights. So they love uh, a lesser side. They love to beat up on the weaker side. So, um, but they got a bit of a, a tougher run home. So I don't think it's all going to be roses for them. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Next one for you, Juzzy, is the return of the great man. Only as far as the extended bench so far, but Ruben Cotter has been named. Is he going to be coming back in the side? Uh, it was in the presser last week after the win. Todd Payton said he's definitely playing this week. So assuming, given his extended settlement mean off the bench, which wouldn't surprise, given he's, what, nearly two months? It's been a long time. Been before. a long time. Yeah, just after Origin 1, wasn't it? Hmm. I mean, if you're an owner, what's one more week if he is off the bench? And then, you know, surely we need some defensive resolve in our side. So he'll be straight back into the starting lineup once he's got the juice in the legs. So I reckon he's a handy pod uh, for the run home. So good news, I reckon, if you can wait another week and you're not desperate for a number. But uh, yeah, we definitely missed his tackling prowess, that's for sure. Yeah, re- exactly. And regardless of what happens, I wouldn't be playing him this week. They play You guys play in the last game of the round again. So mm. you'd have to be very confident that he's going to play and play big minutes to even include him in your 17. I think it's worthwhile just sitting him and wait and see how that plays out. Agreed. Uh, for Penrith, Jerome Luai has a busted knee. He copped late in the game. He's going to be missing up you know, up to six weeks. So um, trying to get himself right for the postseason run. And Stephen Crichton uh, has three ears now. So he's going to be <laughs> sitting down for a week or so while... Uh, that and a concussion, um, you know, he gets a recovery bus from those two. The The Warriors side have righted some wrongs this week. Reese Walsh and Josh Curran are back in the starting side after both were benched to start last game. Walsh in particular only played 14 minutes and had just a, a nothing game. Super coach Negative wise, one point. Negative one, yeah. So that's if nothing else, he's uh, helped with the starting price for next year when he's probably in a bit of a better of attacking side. But it um, it was a strange one. I wasn't I didn't know what to make of Stacey Jones and those changes. And they started well. Um, it looked okay, but absolutely faded at the back end of the game. So, which is ironic. Again, the Raiders are known for that and turned it around. What if he went to the Storm, old Reese Walsh? You know they're bandying that about that he'll they get are. traded for the last run. Um, the reports I've seen over the last couple of weeks is the Storm have asked about Reese Walsh, they've asked about Josh Adokar, and they've asked about Adam Dewey and uh, Dane Laurie. Um, so mm. they're absolutely panicking down in Melbourne, not used to this losing culture and um, doing everything they can to turn it around, just kind of hoping somebody will give them a, a handball and help them out of a sticky situation. But, I mean, if it's my team, I'm going, nah. You guys deal with losing for a change. We've done it long enough. You can do it too. <laughs> and that's, well, at least for Reese Walsh, he's not there next year. So the Warriors don't have much to lose uh, given their position or whatever. But yeah, I thought it was very strange. Normally they just throw the ball to a water boy or a janitor and say, here you go, mate, you're debuting for us. And then well, he goes on to be a 30 origin player. I'd say they're getting to a point now where they don't have anyone left. Um, Cheese is still out uh, this week. Um, you know, they lost their fourth in a row and they've made one change, which has come out from their 17th man. They just don't have any troops left, unfortunately. 
Um, big news, huge news. Bryce Cartwright is back. He's back <laughs> in the side that. on the bench. <laughs> Jacob Arthur makes way for the Eels. So he's coming back against his old side. Watch out for some fireworks there. And then probably in lesser news, there's just a bunch of Muppets that have decided they're not going to play because of some colours on a jersey. Yep, that's uh, not ideal in the land of Supercoach, but you and I off-air had a uh, at-length discussion about just how ridiculous that was. Won't get mm-hmm. into it here, but yeah, it seems a uh, very strange decision this late in the piece. But anyhow, that's that's beside the football stuff. For me, Ola Kawatu sitting out hurts, but uh, you know it's one week and we'll be back uh, the week after that. So luckily got more than enough coverage. Maybe Cooler, that could be the one that stings yeah, a few people. I've got Talatau Cooler. Um, I was looking to move him on this week anyway, but this um, little debacle has absolutely solidified that decision in my mind. Hmm. Certainly has. Uh, and then the other news, I guess, tonight, the Dale Finucane of judiciary course. hearing. Yes, yes, yes. So he went and obviously fought the charge. Um was found guilty, but had a reduced sentence, I guess. So he's only missing two of the next Sharks games instead of three that he was originally charged with. Corey Waddell's at the judiciary at the moment too. He's named to start on an edge for the Bulldogs. I don't think his hearing has happened as yet, but um, we'll keep an eye on it. If it happens over the next couple of, you know, next hour or so that we're online, I'll, I'll give it a shout out. Good news for Cam McInnes, I guess, who well, should slot straight into lock with Finucane out for a couple of weeks. So that's a pretty handy option to have you know, with the green tick next to his name. Um, yeah, What do you reckon for, for McInnes? I know I've got a, a question about him later, but it's a bit of a spoiler. What's your over-under for him this week? Um, I'd put it at 60, I think. He'll, he'll play a similar sort of minutes, maybe a, a little bit more, because he's been coming on early and Finucane's been going into the middle rotation is the way I've been reading the um, the Sharks game plan. So I think when uh, Royce Hunt goes off, Finucane moves into the middle and Cam McInnes comes on and plays solid minutes anyway. So I don't think his role is going to change too much. He might get a few more minutes than he was getting. Um, as uh, you know, you'll probably see an Aiden Tolman come onto the bench who's not a huge minute eater. Hmm. Uh, one other thing I noticed, Deloise Hoyter, he's back. Uh, yeah, and, um, his fourth game? Yeah, no, third. He's just on the bubble. He's got a negative... Oh, is it his fourth game? He's got a negative 50 break even. So if you've got him, you're going to make a bunch of cash at the moment. But it could be irrelevant because you don't have the trades to capitalize anyway. Um, the one I'm interested in, I should have mentioned too, is Dean Mariner. Um getting his debut game in the centre for the Broncos. He's got a, a huge rap on this kid um, and is supposed to be one of the next big things. They've just sort of been nursing him through while I've had the um, troops available to him, but it's good to see him getting a go and I'll be interested to see how he runs out. A good uh, opponent, I guess, to come up against, although maybe it's not because the Tigers they will be coming out firing. I really hope they do. This would be absolutely hilarious if they put on a show. the Broncos. How good. It's the Broncos. <laughs> I hope they, Anyhow. they win on the siren because of the bunker. That'd be fantastic. Oh, I'd love it. Justice for the Tigers. Uh, please make it happen this week. Um, and then Jojo Fafita. I'm not sure if we mentioned him. But he's on his third game and a lot of people are trading him in. What are your thoughts? It's similar to what I just said about... Um, Oh, I think it's just we, we get into the habit of trading in guys who are plain and cheap and will make some money. But at this time of the season, you've got to reverse think on that because those sorts of cheap guys, those rookies, unless they're um, you know game breakers, which I'm not sure for Fina is for the Titans, mm-hmm. he could become an AE issue down the track he could be getting some 20s and 30s and really ruining your loops or covert outs yeah i mean if you've stacked your center wing already with some nuffs uh at least this guy's playing so you yep. got that on your side and looks to have held the spot down for the time being so there will be a number if you're desperate for him but for me if at this stage of the year you don't have trades and you just want to downgrade what almost be going to uh, a dual position enough that you can flick around a lot of people still have tongo might stop you and Aitken up in the second row. If you can flick a guy like that around at a pinch for uh, you know enough dual position, then I reckon that is what I'd be going rather than a, a cash grab in round 20. 
of Supercoach. But anyhow, uh, that's all the teamless news for this week. When we come back from the break, we'll go through some of the trade in and trade out targets, looking at captains, having a sit and start discussion. I have a quick chat on Nuffs and JT's Joke Corner. Another cracking addition coming your way. I'm on the edge of my seat. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. I figured it should have its own theme song, mate. Don't you reckon? It should. Just get you a little bit amped up. Yeah. Feeling it? I'm, I'm tingling. With anticipation. <laughs> JT's Joe Corner back for another edition in round 20 of the SC Report. Mate, we're going back to our, I guess, childhood roots here with a knock-knock joke. Uh, have you, yeah, geez, you're a father of several children, several small yeah, children. So, I mean, a I few reckon... in different rooms in this place, so you lose count at times. I actually reckon you might have even heard this one before. So, it's not going to be the intellectual kind of uh, humour that I normally deliver on here. But uh, anyhow, let's get into it. Knock-knock. Uh, who's that? I done up. I done up who? <laughs> Did you really, mate? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have heard that one before, but I thought I'd play it along and see it out. Oh, mate, I hope you got a spare pair of pants. I did, uh, did tell you it would be a shit joke. <laughs> yeah, you, you weren't far off. <laughs> oh, mate, got to absolutely love that. That one comes in from uh, Big Bad Pete A., Fan of the show, men of magic around several years running now. So, Pete, thank you very much. Much appreciated. As as always, if you've got your own uh, joke for JT's joke corner, please send it in. One of these days, Lakey is going to piss himself. Uh, he shit himself this I week. Shit but this I reckon he'll. Week, he yeah. did. <laughs> there you go. Ah, oh, what a what a great addition. Fan favorite segment that one. All right, let's get into some trade in decisions that are. Uh, being bandied about in the SC world this week. And there's a couple of options. I'm going to uh, sort of break them up into positions, as I think we did last week. Um, starting at second row, this one is an interesting one. I think we said last round that, you know, there's no one really... You get about this stage of the year, and there's normally four, even five, possibly six, absolute out-and-out second row guns. And you just stack your side and work around it. This year, I think it's a little bit light on. A lot of people carrying some mid-rangers, guys that we wouldn't normally be seeing at this stage of the competition. But there's a handful of players that probably aren't as highly owned as some others. I've singled out three here, Angus Crichton, Cam Murray, and Sean Lane. Uh, So these three are are guys I'm selfishly looking at this week for trade-ins. I've initially landed on Angus Crichton, who's a pretty low cost for what Crichton can do. He's about 540 um, just his, his matchup this week. It screams yeah. try scoring opportunity. Um, I might throw over to you. Out of those three, what uh, what name comes to mind first? Well, for me, it's Cam Murray. Personally, I've got Angus Crichton, so that sort of um, mm. rules him out for me. I'm a little bit biased on that one. I'm a big Sean Lane fan. I think he's been fantastic this year. I just worry about uh, Parramatta's run home. Uh, it's a little bit tougher. I know the Rabbits um, also have a tough run, um, so do the Chooks. But um, Cam Murray I th- is less reliant on attacking stats than Sean Lane is. Uh, Lane has been getting plenty of them, but how many does he get against Penrith? A next week, potentially full-strength Manly side, Souths, um, Broncos, and Melbourne on the run home. Uh, that's a, that's mm. a really tough 
five of their next six, and the, and the six is the Bulldogs who have, are starting to come good as well. Um, so I, I just prefer Murray. I think his what he loses in minutes, he makes up for in work rate, really, and um, I think he can be in for a big finish of the season. Don't rate Murray. Don't know. Just no. uh, having a look at um, when I used to own him at the start of the season, going quite well. He was uh, scoring a lot of attacking stats, getting through a hell of a lot of work. But since round nine, uh, he has had one game above 70. Hasn't yep. played a lot given origin and all that. So in fairness, it's a, a sample size of six. One game above 70, and that was with a try. If I'm looking at uh, Angus Crichton, if I get his stats up, he's been uh, scoring and, and setting a few up more so than, than uh, Cam Murray is. But playing 80, guaranteed, and in a side that, uh, I don't know, I think basically level, I would say, at this stage with, with the Bunnies, just in terms of their form and how things I expect to progress. But look at Angus in that um, that same stretch. He's got uh, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, five 70-plus scores. So compared to Cam Murray's one, I think there's a definite standout. For me, I'd be jumping on... Crichton as a cheaper alternative to Cam Murray and uh, just sitting out the rest of the year without him. I, yeah, I, don't I mean, is he really that much of a... That's what I mean. Like, second row this year just seems to be a bit of a... a not a yeah, gamble, but it. just the, a... The second row this year, you've got guys like Tango and Talakai who are up the top end, but can be played in the centres. Um, you know, Ice, Isaiah Papali'i, uh, Jason Tamalolo, they can be played in the front row. So it's it really thinned the herd as far as the mm. out-and-out second rowers go. So we've, we've sort of seen a bit more variance. Uh, Olokowatu's come out of – he's had a breakout season, really, without which there. He always plays better without Turbo for some reason. Uh, maybe they look to him a bit more. But he's had a breakout season. And and, and then outside the, the Crichtons and Murrays, which are our sort of – regulars in the position um we've we've got a few more pods popping up sean lane madison's not as proficient as he has been in previous years he did have a purple patch in the middle of the season but um you know injury and whatever else has curtailed that so yeah it's it's interesting which way uh you're gonna go what are the ownership numbers on the three do you know uh, for Sean Lane, he's owned by just 6% of sides. Crichton, 18%. And Cam Murray, I think, is around that mark as well, uh, yep. 13%. So you go, Crichton's your, your higher owned. And in some cases, I think that, that you know, it's not crazy ownership at, at some oh, 20 is not but... huge, yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. This These are the guys that were owned by 50-plus percent of the competition in previous Years and only one, uh, two second rowers this season um, are above fifty percent ownership, and one of them is Isaac Tungo. So I did. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, everyone's freaking got him, don't they? I've just filtered on percentage ownership for some of these second row guys. Tohu Harris, Tohu, four mm-hmm. percent owned, and he's in the. Well, he's got a five round average of seventy. Two, three round average of 83. So I guess a little bit forgotten just because of how bad the Warriors are. But I think within there, there's a couple of attacking stats that he maybe doesn't always get. But two 90s in a row, not that back long to ago. Back 90s in his yep. last, two of his last three games. So that's boosted his numbers. He is coming back from an ACL, which it, it can hinder guys in their first year back. They can be a bit better next season. Maybe that's the ideal time to target Torhu. But his game, I don't think, is as affected. He's not an agile guy. He's not stepping people at the line and and beating them with those sorts of moves. But um, he's more just a, an out-and-out workhorse. So I, he's going to probably get you around a 60-65. But he's 600K. He's more expensive than the guys you're looking at anyway. Mm. Yeah, I don't really like that. Uh, I guess just jumping on him because he's a pod. Because I think there's the three guys we've mentioned, Crichton, Murray Lane, have the potential to go large with attacking stats more so than mm-hmm. tohu so you know in the run home i'd be banking on on those sort of guys to deliver pretty much uh if not better than what harris is, is pushing out now kick out guess another one there he's almost 30 percent owned so at the other end of the spectrum kloa matangi 
possibly not getting the reps oh, he does deserve. 100. I hate that guy. Last week. I just <laughs> traded. I just traded him out two weeks ago, and he's had uh, he's averaged 90 since. So yeah, I've got a. Uh, I do like Kalamatangi, but he just wasn't getting the attacking stats until I moved him on. Classic podcast. Move. Mm. Hey, listen, uh, I know you hate them, and we both aren't fans, whatever. <laughs> but Patrick Carrigan for the Broncos. He's playing some really good footy since that origin period. Um, had a 75 last week, or 77, I should say. He's about the same price as Angus, and uh, the Broncos are going pretty well. Um, a 63 average for the season. Is there any interest there? No, he's not dual. He's meat and potatoes, barely getting an hour of game time. Although, in fantasy, he's had a few 70-odd-minute games, but I don't know. I think he got a back an 80-minute player at this stage, which is why I'm going, going the big Angus. But yeah, I agree. No, as a um, as a Bronco or Bronco disliker, I guess you'd you'd call me. Pat yeah. Carrigan is impossible to dislike. Uh, yeah. Queensland hero does his job every week. Good young kid. Uh, Broncos have got a few of them coming up. It's harder to dislike him without Darius Boyd. Bring him back. Mm, not impossible, him. but yes, <laughs> not impossible at all. But no, they're doing good things. The old Bronx. Um, just up on front row, maybe we'll move there. We did talk about some of the dual position guys that are gunning it. A couple on the list here, either you've held off on this guy for quite a while, and that's Joe Tarpanay. He'd be killing you as a non-owner because he's just uh, continuing to continue. And Payne Haas last week was his uh, bounce back after a bit Swan of a tough song, stretch. Man. How good was it? His, Swan uh, song, never again. No, 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 sorry. He's a comeback. Um, Cinderella story is the way there I was going. Go. But, yeah, so many people wrote him off. I think you were questioning whether he was a trade-out, but there was no value Left, so you may as well just hold on to him. And he's That's come it. back. He's in, sub five hundred k. Well, not anymore. He's he's five fifteen well. with a seventeen break even. So heading back north, um, the we on Supercoach talk. I know Alex has spoke about it, and you and I have spoken about it. But we, we've of the belief that Payne Haas could have a big end to the year. He's done it the last few seasons, um, and he's just really come out and shown that that could be the case with that game. He was helped with. Uh, line break and a try, um, but that line break isn't out of the question for a man of his skill set. He can do that at the drop of a hat. Was lucky it was close to the line. He was managed to um, step the fullback and put it down, but you know he can do that from anywhere on the field. Hmm. What have we got here? Four off four, no, two offloads and eight busts. I mean, pretty handy numbers. I guess a lot of the busts were in that one run, but. Yeah, as you said, Payne Haas has the propensity to do this and at such a low price. I guess my question there, if you don't have either Tarpanay or Haas, I reckon the, the go or the run home uh, pairing that you probably want to end up with. But for the sake of making one trade this week, who you'd be, who would you be jumping on? Uh, I'd potentially be targeting Haas before Tarpanay. You're saving 170k. In mm. the difference, and that can and that can make all the difference. So you know that can be the difference between a middling uh, center wing or second rower, um, as opposed to a gun. Um, if you're you've got the funds there, so it's uh, the money makes the difference in my mind. Yep, much of a muchness. I think if you are if you got a guy like Max King, as as much as we say, keep him around because he's a good body to have. If you've really got him and no one else to trade up. I think a, um, now's the time to move him on for one of those guys. Just a question for you. Who goes higher, Tarpanay versus the Titans or Haas versus Tigers this weekend? Oh, that's a big call. Um, I think I'll give it to Tarpanay. Um, he's shown – I mean, Canberra can float in and out. They can, you know, they weren't very good last week until the second half against the Warriors and had to really step up to bring it home. Um, I don't think Haas scores for his second game, so that brings his you know ton back down to achievable levels. But I think Tarpanay is going to be involved for the whole game. I reckon Payne Haas. I reckon he's yeah. uh, he's due a try against Tigers, so I think he'll get an, a, a second in a row. So I don't know. I'm going going for Payne. I think I might be at the game as well, decked out in my Tigers gear, fan for one week, despite pouring shit on them before. <laughs> Just go. wear wear all Cowboys gear and really put it up them. Oh, can't, yeah, imagine. Get a, a scarf going and a, and a cap. I'll mix it up. Really, uh, yeah, I'll be beloved by no one at that ground next week. But anyway, this weekend. Um, moving back to hooker. So I think last week we spoke a little bit about how it's quite hard to nail down a good pairing. Uh, it's not just an out-and-out 
guy that you want to run home with. I think last week made it no clearer, as we said. Damien Cook, a quiet ish week. Grant, okay, 60. Actually, they paired off 62 Both, yeah, both had 62. They were both very good. I think, do you just steer clear of making any trades here and just run who with, you know, if you've got a Robson, if you've got a Grant, if you've got a Listen, Cook. if you've got a Reese Robson, um, you know, any three of those guys, if you've got two of them, you're happy. Um, yep. They're all putting up big numbers. I wouldn't worry about moving on from any of those just to try and get a little bit ahead. Um, like Cook and Grant are averaging over 70, but they're not really hitting those numbers at the moment. Um, whereas everybody else, Robson is the sixth highest averaging hooker in the game, and he's over 60 as well. So they're all putting up really good numbers, um, anyone in that sort of price range. Moving back to some more interesting positions for the run home, a lot more boom-bust kind of guys, Cam Munster v Matt Burton. That's a call, um, well, I was originally tossing up between, but then I found out I'm 1K short of getting Cam Munster from Cody Walker this week. So it's sort of made up my mind for me. But uh, if you were to own one of these guys, who would you want it to be? Cam Munster in a bit of, well, Stormer obviously not in a purple patch, but he's going okay. And Matt Burden has been absolutely killing it for the last, what, three months. He's on an, on a tear, it's fair to he say. Is. But run home, all important. Who would you be filling in your 5'8 spot or both of them? Yeah, I I don't know. Um Potentially Matt Burton, uh, I think. He's got the goal kicking as well, which is say I'm always an advocate of. Um, as long as the dogs can put points on the board, Matt Burton's going to be involved through try assists. He scored a double last week, I believe, um, and goal kicking as well. So um, I think with the storm just spluttering a little bit, even Craig Bellamy's come out this, this week and said, I don't know if we can turn it around, which is – Really concerning if you are a Storm fan. You, hmm. When was the last time they've conceded that? But uh, the the dogs seem to be clicking. Um, they've got some decent games ahead, including against my boys, my reserve grade side this weekend. So, yeah, Matt Burton could be in for a really big run home. That's what I'm backing on. I think playing it safe in a lot of other positions like second row where I'm trying to stick with the crowd, but this I think is going to be... Either make or break, you know, going without a guy like Cam Munster, who's got so much pedigree, so much ownership in the game. A guy like Matt Burton, who we're buying at the top, right? He's yes, been killing he's obviously it. way at the top. But, I mean, he, he's got the Sharks and Parramatta on the run home. He's got your boys as well, but um, had a couple of tougher games against those sides. But, you know, Warriors and newcastle and and those tougher games came earlier in the season while he was still finding his feet um so you know he's much playing much better footy now um has put up some big scores on some good competition of late you know 83 against south a couple of weeks ago mm. and you know south have turned it around so i think yeah burton it's really caught my eye um i running short on trades otherwise i'd bring him in as well we talk about too many chefs in the like manly kitchen at times, but this year it's the roosters, as we mentioned, but the dogs, it's the opposite, right? Man, and the storm, I guess. It's Matt Burton and that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. You're not worried about Kyle Flanagan stealing points off him because, you know, Burton does all the kicking and he does you know, 90% of the playmaking. I think you've just made it a dollar and one that Kyle Flanagan outscores my trade-in Matt yep. Burton this week. <laughs> so yeah, watch you Flanagan have a, have a triple. <laughs> Uh, lastly, on I guess five eight, I have seen some people trading at Dylan Brown, or at least tossing up whether they should move him on for one of those guys I just mentioned. You're a big advocate of D Brown. Is he still a, a run home hold? I think so. His um, base is better than what Burton's is. Um, it's, you know, pure. You know, looking at base plus sort of stats, he averages around forty forty five. Um, ish in those sorts of stats so even when he's not getting attacking stats he's still solid floor um but he is getting attacking stats he is looking to run and he's putting guys through holes a lot more this year Parramatta on a slide as well if they lose this week there's a good chance they're going to be outside the eight um and they've got a couple tough run home as we've spoken about previously but uh, yeah yeah I guess I'm probably speaking with bias here, but I'm a big Dylan Brown fan. I think he'll still be up there. I don't think it's as sideways as you might think, but I reckon it's an absolute luxury trade oh, to be definitely. upgrading yeah. 
D, D Browns. You've got the trades to do it. I've but. got Munster and Dylan Brown. If I had trades, I'd probably look at trying to bring Matt Burton in, but I'm just go- I'm running short. All righty, moving down to centre wing for the final, uh, I guess, question. And that's, well, Joey Manu. People are still somehow not owning this guy. If we start with him, $800,000. No matter what, if you don't have him in your side, is it worth trying to find the cash to squeeze him in for the next six weeks? No, I don't think so. Um, Not at 800K. He's missed the easiest game that they're going to play on the run home, which is the Knights. Um, They put up a huge score on us. Could go big against this Manly side this weekend and possibly the Tigers, but you know Broncos, Cowboys, Melbourne and South on the run home. I don't think he's going to have it all his way as he has been over the last few weeks. Um, And 800K is just, it's too much. If you don't have him, it's just too much to bring him in. Yeah, if you, yeah. If you don't, that's a lot of money you can splash elsewhere rather than having to sort of break your side for a centre wing, who, as we know, even though it's not Manu's turn to do it this year, can be a bit erratic. But uh, anyhow, I think 40% ownership, you're not on that. Uh, in that bucket, it could be a tough stretch in some head-to-head finals. Just looking at some, let's look at sub-20% ownership, guys. Uh, just looking down the list here, Alex Johnson. So he is 12% owned. He'd be a guy I'd be seriously considering, despite how bad the, um, well, how bad some of the matchups may be down the track there. But I think that Latrell being back has just done so much for the Bunnies as a whole. It's uh, not definitely Walker helped, last week, and but... they're putting they're putting points on the board now, and that's usually mm. through Alex Johnson on the wing. So um, he's never far from a try. That's a, a decent shout. 80k cheaper than Joey Manu, so not a huge. It's still a huge price tag, but um, yeah, if you are trying to save some cash, AJ as pod could be a very, very handy run home play. Uh, Val Holmes, fifteen percent, had a big buy uh, round last week. A lot of people jumping on, so if you did, one hundred nineteen points, duly rewarded. Um, and I thought, you know, he looked okay. He scored a try against some pretty brittle edge defence, and then obviously kicked. I think it was six from six in goals, so he's going to do that most weeks. I did think he might have a bit of a slump, so called him out as <laughs> I said. Drinky was the buy last yeah. week, not not Val. So there you go. That's my advice. Lucky I never listen to you. There you go. Uh, so anyone that jumped onto Val, I think great stuff. Six sixty five, so a little bit steep, but again, uh, less than fifteen percent owned, so it could be a nice play. Uh, Nick Meany. So yeah, we won't talk about him. He's somehow in the top eight for points scored so far this year. Um, Mulatalo, he's an interesting one. He's not so much a buy because everyone jumped on for the buy. But as an owner, it's been a painful last couple of it's weeks. It's been frustrating. He's, mm. he's really hit a wall. A three-round average of less than 40 is not what we had in mind for the run home when we saw the Sharks' easy run. But um, uh, it's, it's it, he's due. I mean, they, these guys of his caliber don't go too long without scoring a try. So it'll just be the time that you get sick, and, sick of him and you bench him that he'll a couple. Brian Toto, uh, last, I guess, I'll, I'll want to chat about, but Toto's just 10%. over 10% owned. Wow, mm. that's very, very short for Brian Toto. I'm an owner. Um, I'm stoked with what he's doing. He can go large at any minute, I think. He, yeah, I'm very surprised to see him down that low. Didn't score a try last week, still got 55. So yeah, that's a little right. bit of grinding. So he- He's always involved. He, he's always putting his hand up for the runs out the back. It's what Queensland struggled with in game two. Um, we're trying to kick away from or kick to Toto to limit him. But um, and just you can't. He's always involved and he, he runs an extra 20 metres when you think you've got him cornered. Okay. Uh, it's quick fire ranking of some three that we've, we've picked out there. Brian Toto, Val Holmes and Alex Johnson. You one, two, three. Uh, I still think Toto's the top of the pops there. Um, I like Val for his goal kicking as well. So probably Toto one, Val two, AJ three, only because he's more reliant on his inside men to get him um, the scores. I'm the opposite, mate. I've gone AJ one, uh, Val two, like you did, and Brian Toto three. I think... Uh, AJ's going to score more tries than the both of them in the run home. And a guy that, um, as you said, heavily reliant, will not do the base work that Toto does. But I think the Bunnies, when they lay it on, it will go directly to him. Does all the time. So he will be scoring doubles. He'll be scoring trebles. Uh, it might score a 30 for you, but it's going to be 150 the week after. So I think yep. 
I'd be taking a guy like AJ into the run home if you could afford Enval, safe as houses, I guess, with that goal kicking, as you said. And I wrote him off, so there you go. Um, 100% going to score more than any other player for the run home. And Toto, I think, steady enough and, and on his day, can go large, as you said. But I think there's too many other options in that Panthers side. Yeah, so there just are a lot of mouths to feed for the Panthers. But I say Toto, as you said, no attacking or no tries, at least, and a 55. That, the sky's the limit for the boot. Hmm. Certainly is. All right. Uh, one quick topic I thought I'd add in is some nuff plays. So these are the guys that will not play a game, will not stuff up your loop options if you are looking to do that in the run home. And uh, generally, these guys are, well, they should be bottom dollar and they should be dual positioned. And I've picked a couple out. Shannon Harris from the Panthers, second row center wing. Uh, he doesn't look anywhere near like getting a game. So, you know, famous last words will probably play round 25 now. Jerome Omasia. Your boy, he's played five games and he's back to bargain basement. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I want a stake off you for this guy. You so did. Let's not talk about it too much. Plays for the Eels now, apparently, you told me. So yeah, yeah, second row, front um, row, Jewel. Just been binned to there. So, definitely won't be featuring again. They're very deep at their front row, second row, so he won't be around. Yeah, I think uh, if you do need to cash out, I'd be going those guys over, say, a JoJo for feeder, as we spoke about, could uh, just throw you into some disarray if he does play and score, you know, 15, 20, which, you know, plays for the Titans. So ignore those good couple of scores he's gotten. All righty, some sit starts, Lakey. These are the big calls as we get into the business end. And now that we've got a lot of uh, mid-rangers, I guess, in our side, and, you know, we're preparing for COVID. So I think this year more than ever, it's good to have the backup. But now it makes our decisions harder each week trying to work out who we stick the reserve on and who we don't. So I've got a couple here. I'll let you throw some my way as well. But I'll start with mine. Conundrum for this round, Ezra Mam or Isaac Tungo? Currently on Ezra Mam, who would you sit start? Uh, it's tough, that one, because both guys are in very high-scoring positions um, for their sides. I was looking at the points to position when we raised this before. The Eels against left centres give up 53 per game. And um, the Tigers against left halves give up 57 per game. So just on that alone, you're looking Ezra Mam is probably the better option. Um, he, but he's less likely to score a try than Tungo is. And, um, you know, whatever we pick is going to be the wrong one. But I think safe, safe to go with Ezra Mam over Tungo. Yeah, well, I think so. I think just the upside as well. I think, you know, a lot of people more likely to go with a guy like Tongo, but, you know, just throw on some, throw on some darts out there. And I reckon Ezra could uh, dart over for one or, or set a couple up. So it is the Tigers. They might be hurting. So there you go. I'll uh, stick with my boy, ma'am. Second one, I've got Joe Ohohan Goway and Cam McInnes, the newly starting, hopefully, Cam McInnes. Currently gone Joe O. Uh, yeah, I thoughts? think that's a good shout too. Um, as I said before, I've, I don't see McInnes' role changing too much, um, whereas Joe O has, as you've been saying the last few weeks, he's playing a Paul Gallon light type game. Um, so they you know, took it to you last week and he had a 70, I believe, which I think yes. is sort of in his wheelhouse. Four um, offloads. Yeah. So, killing us. I'd be going with Joe O for that. I think his floor ceiling at the moment is higher than what McInnes's is. Old club as well, so it could be interesting. But who'd have thought we'd be talking about Joe Offerhand Gowie? What a strange year. I think yeah, I was. it was been. halfway through. We had Wennon on a pod, and I brought up the stats, and Joe O was in the top three, I think, for front row forwards at that time for like a five-round average. And I'm pretty sure he said something along the lines of, well, we're not here to talk about Joe O. Yeah, well, yeah. naturally, <laughs> here we are. He's a run-home player, so how good. The big Joe O. And then the last one for me, Ronaldo Mulatalo, as we've spoken about, flopping about at the moment, and Grant Anderson. Uh, so in terms of matchups, Anderson's got the better one, but, geez, uh, you surely you got to be playing. You got yeah. to this stage and you're questioning whether it was Mulatalo or Grant yep. Anderson. Oh, that's a weird old year. Um, yeah, South, you know, as good as, they, as they've been lately, um, their right edge is the edge to attack. The Jackson, Polo, and Isaiah Tass is on that side, mm. I believe. Um, for the year, they've allowed 65 points per game to wingers, so Mulatalo could feast there. Um, on the other side, you're looking... Uh, there was Grant Anderson playing on the left or the right. I can't remember off the top of my head. 
I'm uh, pretty left. sure a ball sailed over his... Yeah, I thought he was playing on the right, but I could be wrong. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> yeah, either way. So, yeah, either way, it, they're playing less. The Warriors allow 52 to left wingers and, uh, well, 59 to right wingers. So, um, either way, the Souths are allowing a little bit more. So, I think Molotalo is probably the better option. It. I mean, how do you sit him over a Grant Anderson? I don't know how you could do it. Yeah, Sharks at home as well, where they obviously play That's a hell of a right. lot better. Melbourne and weather traveling. looks good. Yeah. Weather looks good in Sydney for once. So it should be a game he scores well, as they all do on the park there. But it's just that kind of thing. You know, if you play a Grant Anderson, maybe he goes over for a couple of tries. But absolute ballsy play at this stage of the year to drop one of your higher-paid yeah. center wings. But anyhow... I'll throw over to you. You got any sit starts? Yeah, mine was between Ezra Mam and Jason Tomalolo. Um, you know, very, very different positions. They're kind of my 17th man this week. I was happy with what Lolo did last week and the week before he was close to a try as well. Um, mm. But is Ezra Mam's potential um, ceiling worth the play over um, a safety of Tomalolo? I think so. I think for, uh, depending on where you are, you know, if you're just looking to you know, throw a few pot options about or throw a few darts, as we say, and, and try and land one, I think a guy like Ezra Mam has uh, you know, a hell of a lot more potential to go large this week. Conversely, you know, he'll drop a 30 and Lolo will drop a you know, 60, 70 and you, you sort of bite the bullet there. But uh, on potential, and that's what you kind of need, given your position, I'm not sure how you're going with like head-to-head leagues or anything like that, but... I don't know. I'd just be more fearful coming up against someone like that as opposed to Lolo, who's been solid without spectacular. But in saying that, I reckon he's due a try. Uh, he couldn't get one a couple of weeks ago, but uh, if not this week, then the week after against the Doggies. So he's due one of these days. Get on in the right one. All right. Keep it in mind. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, no, I still got to make a trade or two and then decide from there, but um, I'm still working those out at the moment. All righty. Let's get into the final segment of the pod, Captains, Captains Vices. So I think this week there's a couple of really good matchups on the horizon. First one being Brewsters and Manly, Thursday night game. So good to have that all that uh, conjecture about will they, won't they play out of the way quite early. But, geez, could you get on? Are you going to go if you had a Tedesco or a Manu? I mean, surely they've got to be VC'd this week. Would Absolutely. you be captaining them, Straight captain. I wouldn't go straight captain. Um, we've seen it the last couple of weeks. You know, Ruben Garrick was almost a sure thing to put on a big score against the Dragons last weekend, and everyone was grabbing DCE for the same reason, and they both flopped. So uh, use your VC wisely. Make sure you've got the option to be able to loop as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'd definitely be throwing the VC on a James Tedesco or Joey Manu and hoping for the best in that. Because, yeah, they just look shot. Manly is absolutely shot as far mm. as the on-paper side this week. Although I just think, you know, which would gave me pause to actually straight captaining one of these guys, it's one of those games that a side like Manly could just find a way to get together yeah, against all he, odds he, and just grind out. You know, the Roosters could come, come out and close. overlook them and, mm. and just not turn up, expect to get the two points handed to them. So, yeah, you're right. It's a bit of a danger game, but I just don't see it going that way. The Sydney need to win games. They need to win every game to make the um, postseason. So I don't think they have the luxury of taking the foot off the accelerator. Well, I'm going VC, James Tedesco this week. And C, I think I mentioned it earlier, Matty Burton trading in and straight seeing. So I think against the Knights, uh, I believe a daytime game it is, Mm 2 o'clock, McDonald Jones. So they've given up plenty of points at home this year. I think nothing about last week suggested that won't happen again. Dogs put away another lowly side in the Titans, and they're on the up. So hopefully, you know, his knee's all good, and I don't ruin him by bringing him in. But Matt Burton, uh, yeah, huge shout for him this week, hoping for a ton. Yeah, I like that. I think he's going to tear us apart. As I said, goal kicking, uh, they're going to put on some points against us, so he's going to put on a big score. Who are you going? For me, I'm, I'm looking at it's going to be a tight one for me. i got Munster uh, as the VC against New Zealand, and then I like um, Cleary against the Eels. I think the Eels are on a bit of a slide. There's Penrith. Uh, um, not that they've got anything 
to prove or match major to play for, but they had a tight game against the Sharks, so I think they'll want to put... And especially after losing to Parramatta earlier in the year, that's the only loss that they've had this season. So Penrith will want to make up for that. I think Cleary's going to be huge without Luai there. Yeah, Cleary hasn't scored, I mean, for his sort of calibre, not a great amount of points uh, no. since basically round seven where he got 158. Since then, he's scored two tonnes and that's it. It's just very unCleary-like. So I don't know if he's as safe as houses as he once was. But I think, as you said, they're you know gearing up for a run home and then yeah. Arrow going the other way. So I think it's, it's, it's a good chance. Potentially more of my other matchups with Latrell against the Sharks or... Um, you know, Dave Fafita, mm. who's you know far from a sure thing too. It's it's just a better matchup. I like Cleary against the Eels better than those guys. Very good. Well, like it's been a very eventful round and a bit of rugby league because I think it's never yeah. a dull day in, in our world. It's been a weird couple of days. <laughs> oh, but, just um, like I feel like they exist. These stories exist to give NRL 360-somethings to talk about. Because, I mean, as if they're going to talk about the quality of the football, that would just be completely against their ethos. Absolutely would. Uh, It's been great to chat again, mate. We've got one week, I believe, before a lot of our head-to-head leagues kick off. So hopefully, for your sake, you can knock off a few arch-rivals, stick it to Joe. I mean, I'm not that far away, so there you go. It's all to play for, and it's going to be a long, long run. I'm just having a look at my three trades left in the bank it's gonna be it's gonna be a tight finish yeah mate i'm i'm looking at four post this week so yeah it's gonna be pretty tight as well but in saying that we should be looking at pretty close to final teams at this stage yep until the next where about covid or yeah. i don't know pink we need jerseys. a few more boosts up our sleeves please daily telegraph get that organized oh mate unbelievable all right well all the best for you this week and i'll chat to you next sounds good Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.